I'm Eddie Michelson. I'm Lucas Anderton. And this is Go Wonk Yourself. What episode is it? I'm testing you. Oh man, are we in the 30s yet? (laughs) (laughs) We are on episode 16. 16. 16. Because we stopped. It feels like we're in the 30s. Um, We ditched the seasons. Yes. Because we weren't doing them. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Just didn't make sense. But here we are. Here this we is are. well. This I I would say though. This is take this, two of episode six. This is the beginning of a new chapter. I would say, is it? Yeah. I mean, there there was a, a nice little hiatus over the summer. Yeah. Which uh, what'd you do this summer? I was brief working version. in Cape Cod. That's the briefest I can make. That's it. pretty sweet. Yeah. I was working back home. So we were obviously separated and were unable to do the podcast. But now we're back living in the same. place place and we're gonna get back at it we are i was very excited there was so much that happened over the summer there was (laughs) i gotta admit like okay so like my life is more political than ever right now like working in politics all the time of course but i feel like this is the most out of touch i've been with national politics in a long time that's my fault like but um national politics is surely fascinating at the moment well, the news right now for me is it sounds like white noise because we're hearing the same. It, it's basically just who gaffed today. Who and gaffed de- <laughs> and what did Trump do to distract from something else that Trump did? Yeah. I, I'm noticing a cycle in Trump, though. It is I actually really badly mess up and then I fake mess up to cover it up. Like I tweet something bad so people stop talking about the other bad thing I did. Well, yeah. I mean, the way they're timed, it's yeah. pretty obviously what he's doing. He's good at doing it, though, because the mainstream media, it's like catnip for them. They, they just go for it. They have a whole panel on CNN, um, and they analyze the tweet. They analyze the language in it. They, they do every which way talking about it. And meanwhile, Trump was sitting on the toilet when he tweeted it, like <laughs> not thinking twice about it. Yeah. And, um, but it works. So, But I don't want to talk about Trump. I, I mean... Um, we should talk for one i i do want to at least touch on the democratic primaries but i don't want to spend the whole episode Mm -hmm. talking about them um we are both pretty fascinated by what's going on in the democratic party right now um well first we should preface this by because we didn't talk about this last time it didn't happen yet that uh jay inslee dropped out which is he the first quote-unquote serious candidate to drop out well, first of all, you could debate whether or not he was a serious candidate. Eddie, I, mean, I think he was. I, well, I think he was the last hope that any... I mean, I, I think Joe Biden is slipping for the moderate vote. I think it's a lot more up in the air than people want to think it is. Really? Um, but Jay Inslee represented that end of the Democratic Party that possibly could have, if he just had like more name recognition or if people were just more aware of what he was about... He, that wing of the Democratic Party is just fading away right before our eyes. Yeah, um, Jay Inslee's a, a fascinating guy because, like, as much as I want to say, like, he he is a basic white guy, but he, he does not talk like one, like, when it comes to the certain issues he cares about. He is not an inch deep and a mile wide. He is a mile deep on a few issues, and he gets them. Climate change. Climate change. He got into this for climate change. Yep. And it's a little poetic that when he leaves, they have the climate change forum. Um, maybe he could walk away from it saying, I, I will say the only thing that happened to Jay Inslee from this was all gain. He did not lose anything 100%. from his presidential Great. race. 
Um, he He's now running it for a third term for governor in Washington State, where he was an incredibly popular governor. And now he... Um, you know, people like him. Like, some of the candidates getting in got such a negative view. Like, we need you doing something else. Why are you doing this? But, like, nobody ever said that about Jay Inslee. They were just kind of like, cool. Yeah. Like, um, But, okay, so I guess at this point, maybe we should just, from, your, from our point of views, who are the, quote, unquote, serious candidates? Like, the ones who, and, and what qualifies as serious is able to win, like conceivably able to win the primary able to beat trump uh the primary okay able to win the primary conceivably like within the realm of possibility i think joe could do it i still think he can i still think it's his race Uh, of course um we'll talk about that in a minute um elizabeth i think she is the next best thing like i think that if if anyone has a a, a, like if i'd bet money on anyone beating joe it's still her Mm -hmm. kamala because I still believe in the power of the institutions, and the institutions like her a lot. Like she's, she seems to believe that she can still win. I wouldn't write it off. South Carolina is an important early state, and um, if anyone can beat Joe there, it's it's her. It's not Warren. It's not any of the others. Maybe Booker if he gains some traction between now and then. But I don't see Booker gaining any traction. That was actually going to be my next one. Not Booker, but like maybe him. Like. No, the Politico's I don't still think he's serious. Yeah, it sucks. Because, it's all, like, it almost makes been. you the way things worked out for him. It almost makes you wonder if he was serious to begin with. He, I mean, he uh, first of all, he'll always be liked in the Senate. I think. I think he's. Yeah. I think he's, he's fine there. His constituents love him there, but I think they just want him in the Senate. I don't think they want him out there running for president. But Eddie, that's the that's the fascinating part because there was such a big market for. Um, people on Twitter saying Corey's going to run. Mm-hmm. And people have been saying it since 2016, mm-hmm. I mean, 2017. Corey's going to run. And and it was kind of like Beto. Everyone's kind of asking for it until it happened. Yeah. And even Gillibrand, or Gillibrand, Gillibrand is the same way. And she was also one of the first ones I'd consider a serious one to drop out. But she's just like Jay. Like, she seems serious to me, but if you look at, like, the statistics, the numbers, she wasn't. No, yeah, exactly. Which is weird. Again, just like Corey, like we loved her in the Senate and we said run for president, but then there were so many other candidates, so many. That just steamrolled through. I mean, especially, you can t- you could really tell that when Biden launched his campaign, or even before he launched his campaign, it was, the way it looked for him was, it must have looked like a shoe in for him. Yeah. There's no way it didn't. That's why I waited and he so probably, long. And maybe even Barack Obama was encouraging him at that point. I don't know if he still is. He's but not. He's not. But may, maybe. It's possible that he... I mean, but Continue the legacy. Exactly. But, I mean, regardless of what Barack Obama said, it seemed like everyone was asking for him to run. Um, and now it's, we, that energy is, is dissipating very quickly. Barack Obama, for him to secure the nomination in 2008, he had to work outside the institutions. Hillary was the institutionalist candidate. He had to work outside of those. Um, and say what you will about him, grassroots, whatever, he became an institutionalist while in office. He he believes in working within the system, and he, he has mastered the system. Um, Joe Biden was the institutionalist. Joe Biden was the one that Barack 
Obama believed would bring things back to normalcy. Is that the right word? And and so I think he bet on it. But he's also pragmatic about co- how constantly changing politics is. And just because that was his view two months ago, there was no there was no guarantee that he was going to continue to believe Joe was what we needed. And I think he sees the writing on the wall, which I hope I gotta believe Joe sees it too. He can't think that he's doing this right. Don't you think he has to accept that? Damn, I'm kind of screwing this up. It's po- I don't. I really don't know. Yeah. Because he goes out there, and I mean, he's slurring his words. He's tripping over sentences. He's being unclear with what he's saying. But, but I mean, he he seems like he's trying. You know what I mean? Like he's out there. He's he's campaigning. He's running. You know. All I can think is how he feels about this 30-something-year-old gay mayor from a small little town giving him a run for his money. Quite literally, he's the only one of the only candidates who outraised Biden. Um, and, like, can you imagine he definitely feels like the 8th grader hanging out at the playground with the little 5th grader running around, and he's just, like, pissed off about it. Like, he's like, who do these kids think they are? But, like, a big but that's the kind of... That's the a kind of um, establishment arrogance that's driving people towards the Warrens and the Bernies and, you know, the, like that wing uh, or, in, or in Congress, the AOCs. They, they're, they're sick of this sort of nepotism that goes on, not like literal nepotism, but like kissing this, the ring. Yeah, they're political, transferable popularity. They're, they're done with it because... Popularity isn't trans- transferable. Oh. AOC is a perfect case study. Mm-hmm. She did not kiss any ring. No. And um, it's almost... Can you imagine how Democratic leadership... And she still leadership, isn't. She yeah. still isn't. She's driving everyone up a wall. Yeah. And, and the whole thing was um, the institutions, I guess, are realizing they never had any leverage over people. Like... People just stayed in line because they were afraid to even question what happened if you didn't. And AOC was like, fuck that. Yep. Like, I'm not working within the system. I'm going to do whatever the hell and, I want. And you know what? Now that now that people have seen that what she did worked, they're coming out. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're coming and they're mad. I, I get every day on Facebook, I get ads for these, like, young men and women, people of color, LGBT, uh, and it's these videos about them running. I'm like, oh, damn, like, this looks interesting. Like, what race is it? They're challenging a Democrat. They're primarying a Democrat. They've been in, like, the way you read their posts talking about their opponent, you're like, it's got to be a Republican. Like, this is Mitch McConnell's best friend, and it's a Democrat. And I'm like, that person sat in that seat for 40 years, and no one challenged them. And it was always because if anyone tried, they were just, they were talked out of it. Like, and they're trying now. It's crazy. And, and it's so free from anything but just pure ideology and true belief in what you're espousing. I mean, she, she literally bartended. Yeah. And now she's sitting in Congress. She couldn't afford the, DC when she The moved way there. she got from point A to point B had nothing to do with corporate donors or PACs, super PACs, or 
anything other Who than Daddy her was, like and anything. her. Yeah. First of all, her education, which was pretty good. I mean, and, and that she's really launched her. Yeah, she's smart, um, academically, at least. Uh, but yeah, and, and she got from point A from point B with just raw belief and ability to. Okay. You and I, that. I genuinely believe both you and I are institutionalists. Um, you know, we yes. believe in the systems that exist, but at the same time, uh, as much as I complain about. AFC. Um, like, part of me is like kind of sentimental about it because like I feel like like she is a perfect example of why democracy is just the coolest freaking thing on earth. Like, it is. She used sheer hard work and connecting with people and just like showed what democracy is all about by defeating that guy. He, I bet he didn't even spend time in his district in the primary because he just wrote her off. Um, you know, he was out raising money and doing all this, just running for the general election while she was just working her ass off. Like when she wasn't bartending, but that's what the institution should be. Really? I, yeah. I mean, will they ever be? Maybe not. Hopefully, but we are a constitutional Republic and therefore institutions should reflect that. It shouldn't be these people holding a holding a state legislator seat for, you know, however long. Careers. Your entire careers. People spending their lives uh, in Congress. Like, the, it, if we people... paid Bernie $600,000 a year to be the grouchy old man in the Senate. Yeah. That, uh, He's just a character now. Yeah. That we keep buying <laughs> with our votes. We do. And, uh, um, well, let's talk about him. Sure. What the hell is he up to? He, what is this campaign he's running? He's running the same campaign that he was in 2016. Mm-hmm. But he's, if he is, it's not working as well. Well, he was expecting it to work just as well as it did. But it's it's not carrying over because now other people have caught on. And I think Warren has adopted that in a way that she can... She can embody in a way that voters will respond much better to. It's better packaging. Yeah. She, um, I had a Republican teacher at one point, and and I don't think he would express this today because she has become a far more politicized figure. This was probably three years ago, four years ago. Um, and she was relatively new to the, to the spotlight. And, like, he always said, um, as much as I may disagree with her politically you could listen to her and have confidence in her um, that she knew what she was talking about and that her solutions might not be the approach you would always take, but that her solutions would get you where you needed to. And I think that was the best way of putting it because even I feel that like I have never considered myself a super progressive Democrat. Um, but like, I still like her because but like, you can tell that she can operate within the institution. Bernie Sanders, when he says something like, um, I don't know, like any attempt for him to like work through the system or to, I mean, you look at his Senate run, like for the, however long he's been in the Senate since the dawn of time. uh, And what he's actually been able to accomplish there, you start to wonder like, can this guy actually operate within the institution? Because for me with Elizabeth Warren, there's no question. I think she absolutely can. But Bernie Sanders is a whole different story. You, there's just no there's just no evidence to show that he can he can get it done 
Um, it's all about who you're friends with on the Hill. Uh, especially because of how close the Senate is going to come. There is no scenario in which Democrats have like some clear, safe majority if we do manage to win it. It's all going to be about who your friends are on the Hill. Just like Obama's first term, healthcare was all about him and Pelosi whipping votes as hard as they could for him to accomplish anything. And Bernie, who is his friend? He doesn't have many friends left in the Democratic Party, I don't believe. And, you know, folks on Twitter, especially his supporters, will say they'll come around. When he's the Democratic nominee, we always rally around the nominee. But to connect that to what we were just talking about, about um, the AOCs and the... Is that is that going to be the new norm, though? What do you mean? Like, uh, the inability to... Like, just for pure ideological purposes, it's going to be harder to muster up party unity when it comes to voting on legislation because i think the new like the rashida talibs and the ilhan omars and the aocs and the um the squad basically like that type of that type okay. of lawmaker Holy is shit. going to you okay no i just had like a really clear realization yeah there is a certain similarity i think okay so when the tea party came out mm-hmm. flying in 2010 yep. well they started in 2009 the campaigns really started they found out that people like the drama and excitement of obstruction. Like, I'm here to protect you today. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here to stand up to the Democrats in Washington. They, they found out that there was a huge market for that, no matter who's in power. Yeah. Um, you know, negatives excite people, and, and it stirs up the base. It's like AOC has found out that it works just as well against your own party. Like, but that's the that's the difference though because when it was the Tea Party, it was Republicans taking Democrats seats. Now, this Democrats is, taking it's Democrats. Democrats taking Democrats seats and that's really interesting to me because instead of it triggering this a sort of I mean, it might result in a blue wave, who knows, but it, instead of it being this sort of wave against Republicans, it's there's this a counter wave on this, the other side. It's this purification of the party this purging of the old and the institutional and it's this this new incoming class of of new radical progressives so can i ask again isn't there a certain is problematic as it may seem for everyone at the end of the day like isn't it kind of special because like at the same time what it says is that no one's safe um, the Republican is not safe. If they vote the wrong way and they take advantage of it, they're going to get replaced by a Democrat. But hey, Democrats, don't get caught off guard. If you guys also vote the wrong way, you're just as accountable. But is it really about, does it really come down to voting the right or wrong way? Because, I mean, if you go back to Bernie Sanders, it doesn't really matter <laughs> whether he votes or not. But that's all. what he that's what he motivates people on. He attracts Republican support so. in Vermont. So. No, I'm talking about his Senate race. In his Senate race, he attracts Republican support in Vermont by going back home and saying Washington Democrats and Republicans have have lost sight of you people. Like that's not what they care about anymore. Yeah, but the the way he so you don't you don't think the way he votes. But that would be what he's saying to justify not voting. Like that's his selling point, not voting. It's strange. It is strange. But you said, like, before, it's, you know, if you vote the right or wrong way, like, he's not voting at all. It's about the, it's about these icons, man. 
that's what's happening. It's, it's so are you turning saying away no from substance to them because I don't. Think, that's what we're moving I, towards. I think people, uh, a, a large chunk of people, would disagree with you because we we see it in seats. Dan Lipinski, he came very close to losing. He is a Democrat who speaks at the um, Right to Life March or whatever it's called mm-hmm. every year, March for Life, which is very close to March for Our Lives, but right. March for Life. He's a Democrat from conservative suburbia area in Illinois, and he had a, a serious progressive challenger, um, and it was because he voted wrong like i think we were saying that even if you're a democrat in a democratic district or a republican in a republican district if you vote the wrong way for your people for your party but on the republican side they have it way worse than we do because it's basically like if you don't fall in line with trump which isn't even real conservatism n-r-a-f yeah if you don't get that then we're primarying you well i mean but that that for the democrats at least i come back to this age in which the races that people turn to look to, you know, that actually, like, get people excited and stuff, I, I think it's becoming less and less likely that it's because of the way they vote in the end. I think it's these, these people who are going to go in and just be a anti-establishment, like, presence, basically. AOC, I think, is a prime example. I think, you know, various other members of the squad who will never fall in line with the party. They're going to vote how they believe, and whether Nancy Pelosi likes it or not, they're going to do that. But I think that has less bearing on their constituents than just their presence in our government. I mean, just their, their personalities. They, they love the personalities. They love the social media engagement. They love to feel like AOC from down the street at my local bar is out there fighting for me. Yeah. Do you worry about the power she's built? Um, she has a, a bigger audience on Twitter than the president. Is is that worrisome? That some someone elected by a very uh, small... First of all, I don't think that's true. Okay, it's not quite true. Donald Trump has far more. He has like 35 million. She has like... Five. No, but the amount of engagement she's getting on Twitter is higher. She gets a lot of engagement. Higher. Number I, of repli- I think it is. Mm. I really do. I don't know, man. He gets a he gets a lot yeah. of Twitter engagement. Okay, people but, who hate okay, him, people even if him. I'm wrong. But the amount of power for, she has for built. A, for a freshman in Congress, it's unheard of. No I remember question. I went to the swearing in on the hill, and um, Ilhan Omar was walking down mm-hmm. the street and had a swarm of press followers. A freshman in a Democratic district that just went to another Democrat. Yeah. That's not supposed to be exciting. It's insane. They followed her down the street. Does that power scare you? And I'm not saying because of who like, I don't care how progressive they are. Even if it was some moderate gaining that much power in one seat that doesn't hold an official leadership position. If you were to ask the average Democrat on the street who Sherry Bustos is, how many of them would know who it was? Not that many. But she's the DCCC But that doesn't give her more... It gives her more political leverage, I suppose, but it does, she still has one vote at the end of the day. No, but they mobilize that base. AOC gets her followers to call other Democrats' offices. That's true. She, she knows how to... Uh, weaponize isn't quite the right word, but almost like weaponize her mobilize, following. For mobilize, for sure. Okay, mobilize. She knows how to mobilize her following. It, it, so impressively, like... It blows me away. Yeah, I'm not scared of that, though. Really? No, I'm not. I, I, 
I don't know why, but it's just that, like, the her, cons- first of all, the, the race that she was running was in a very small um, district. So, with, with a, a very progressive population. But on a national scale, the majority of Democrats in this country aren't that progressive. They're not, not on the level of AOC. They're not on the level of squad. That's the problem, Eddie. Like, think about my moderate congresswoman. Um, when when Fox News is talking at night, they're not talking about the good work that the moderates in Congress are working together to accomplish. They're talking about AOC. Yep. What does that do for my moderate congresswoman and her reelection? But beyond that, think about if AOC were to vilify my congresswoman and say, we need a primary challenger there. She could do that, and I think that she could actually win. I think she could yeah. mobilize enough of a following in every congressional district. Not but every. does every – yeah, that's the thing. Does every congressional district have that kind of base? I don't know if you could muster up that far that far left in Virginia. It's, it's enough to make it scary to me. That, but, that, but that's the thing. I, I, I think the – the old guard of the Democratic Party, they're quiet right now, and I think they're watching this what what's happening to Joe Biden and they're like, yikes. But the, it, they're still a force to be reckoned with, and they're still a big part of the party. We built litmus test to to gain power in the government. You know, you only have to be elected by this many people to get to a state delegate seat, but we're gonna make you, approve get approved by this many people to go to congress like we we made it a tiered system based off how much power that person has aoc knocked it all down like she did not get elected by that many people Mm. she is one out of 435 but i can name very few people in that 435 who are more powerful than her or i can name very few in the hundred that's one step above her who are more powerful than her she has gained so much power in an unelected, undemocratic way. But the question now is, where does she go from here? She can't run for president anytime soon. Not anytime soon, but do you think maybe can Senate? She, can she stay popular? Is Senate oh, on, in man. her Can in she her take radar? down Chuck Schumer? People have talked about it for a long time, someone taking down Chuck. I, I can't tell who Chuck's followers are. Yeah. Progressives hate him and moderates are even like, you're not Nancy. So, I don't know. His hometown loves him. Do they? they I don't must. know much about that. They guy. must. Yeah. He doesn't, I mean, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be around if they didn't. Yeah. Right? I guess so. But I don't know. Either that or it's just never contested, <laughs> like we were talking about. Well, no, no, no. I think it's that the entrenchment of New York politics. There's so yeah. much money behind him because of who he represents. Um, look at it with Hillary Clinton. Like, Hillary Clinton, like, that was almost scary strategic that she decided New York was where she was going to run for mm-hmm. Senate. There's so many Democratic resources up there. It just instantly puts you in a position of power. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. And, and, and it's so funny because Joe Crowley, I think that was his name, was like that. Like, he was backed by the financial superpowers. And AOC took him down. She just, she just, she basically did like the Kool Aid, uh, oh yeah, like in into the Congress. <laughs> Busted through the walls, and she was like, "I'm here now. I'm here, <laughs> and I'm gonna be a freshman." There's gonna be like sixty freshmen in Congress, and she has 
a like we were you, you touched on this earlier, but she has a Twitter following that any other member of Congress would kill for. Yeah. A social like a social media presence that is for a, for a freshman in Congress. Like the when was the last time you, you see a congressman or woman with a Twitter following like that? Like most of them have like you know ninety thousand followers. She has last time I checked. Over five million. Yeah, I have no idea how many she. Has. I mean, I don't know how much what it, what it's up to now, but she has a remarkable following on social media. How did she end Twitter up with that handle? AOC. It's like she must have called up she, Jack Dorsey. No, she knew. She knew what she was bound to become one day. Five point two million. So 5. nowhere 2. near Trump, but still. But but again, Engagement. President of the United Crazy. States yeah. versus a freshman in Congress. Yeah. That's just It continues to blow my mind. Like in um she what more what more impresses me than her Democratic base is her Republican base of enemies. Th- the amount of anger she has built up in them for this young girl, go her. Like she makes them that well, mad. Imagine this. She whips out her phone, she tweets at some you know, just she probably pulls their name out of a hat. Yeah, it's just a Republican. Who tweets, am I gonna piss off? Tweets today? at them, and then, meanwhile, on their on the Republicans' account, these interns are scrambling to find a response. Like, and they're they're in the in the because it's some sixty eight year old guy yeah. who you know doesn't know how to use Twitter, and it's it's really interesting watching this social media age of politics play out in that way because we're it's the it's so obvious to see who's actually on it and who's not joe biden i don't think he's ever tweeted no to I be don't completely think he, honest with like you he's not getting on his phone and tweeting no and I, i'm sure some staffer even has to send out all these like perfectly poll tested tweets from their phone so it still says twitter for iphone yeah because like we can't imagine it saying twitter web can't say twitter web but um the other thing is this decentralization of of information media. Like mm-hmm. like AOC does not do press releases. She does not hope that CNN picks up what she said on the steps of the Capitol today. She goes around them, and they don't even have to cover her stuff that much because like. But she just goes straight to the audience itself. It is her pure, unfiltered thoughts, and and Trump's doing it too. Can I ask you something? Yeah, this is kind of a radical idea. Do you think Obama started that? Because here, here's the thing. It, w- with the media, the mainstream media, he wasn't too friendly with them. In, in the way that like he didn't he didn't give them much to work with. Yeah. He was kind of be a behind closed doors kind of guy. He was. Yeah. But I I remember like he did a, he didn't ask me anything on Reddit. Uh, and I remember seeing that and being like, that's incredible that's remarkable that yeah. a president whether or not it was actually him like at answering these questions that were I, being yeah. but i mean it, you know whatever but that was the first time i recall a politician engaging directly through a platform that i used every day yeah and to me that was super cool it's always been them speaking to us it's never been a conversation yeah um and he he also he was remarkable at using the presidential address like a prime time presidential address to talk directly to the people because he he spoke in such a way that was so um comforting and and strategic 
Um, and his tweets, you can see it too. His tweets always have like That's this hidden thing. message in them where it's just like, damn, like he went there. And have you seen his Twitter following? It's huge. Ooh. And they're Eddie. They're all so beautifully written. They really are. But that's that's the thing. That that's why I, I raised that idea because I I mean he 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 used social media for his campaign and it was still in a rudimentary stage. It was, it certainly wasn't the way it is but now, where it's almost kind. essential. But it, the first of its kind, and yeah. I think that sowed the seeds for especially since when we look back at the Obama legacy and his campaign, everyone wants to recreate that. Everyone wants to be that because that's yeah. a, that's a once in a, in a generation. A genera- yep. Lifetime. Like uh, kind of phenomenon. And, and now all the Democrats are like, well, okay. So he used social media. He, he did. And they're, they're trying, they're really trying to find their own way into that. But, um, he had this, I want to almost call it pompousness, when especially when the press would ask him questions, yes. he would oftentimes dismiss it and yep. laugh it off. And they all try and do it now. They're like, Trump said what about, like, they just like, when the press is like, how do you respond to Trump saying blah, 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 like, there's this pompousness, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but they all took it from him. Uh he was a genius with the media. He really was because they gave him hell all the time, but he, he knew how to work them. Um, he knew how to work them well. So, and he still does. He's more reserved. He's more hands-off in his post-presidency than I thought he was going to be. Really? Yes, he is. Well, I think right now in the current state of democratic politics, he doesn't want to get in the way of the primaries. And he might not even want to get in the way he might but i i think he i think he might become more vocal during when there's a candidate when there's a candidate but we we also don't know though what about hillary what will be her role i think it'll be an occasional tweet i i i think first of all you'd be hard pressed to find some people who desperately want her back in she doesn't turn up the base no that much no she like, she riles people up, but she doesn't <laughs> excite the base. I think she pisses off her opponents more than she excites her base. Yeah, her base is kind of like, okay, it's I'll, a I'll like this tweet, but I won't retweet it's it. It's a net loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but going back to Obama, like, yeah, he was more hands-off in the 2018 midterms than I thought he was going to mm-hmm. be. Um, and Twitter is a lot of times as far as he's willing to go. Uh there's so many calls for him to step up and I gotta admit like I'm a little disappointed I get it but I'm a little disappointed what, what do you want him to do at this I point? don't know I don't know because I, he, he can't betray Joe Biden no openly. not Joe I'm talking about responses to Trump generally oh well I don't know if he, he doesn't want like, like I said right now in the current state are you talking about like even before the primaries started or no like Trump's presidency. When Trump Just does something wrong, you, you get a tweet and that's about it. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that. I'm not sure what else he could do, though. Like, when you ask me that, I really don't know. Do you think he, do you think he feels somewhat responsible for the Trump phenomenon? Obviously, it's not his fault in terms of, like, we he wanted it. We talked about this earlier today. Yeah, like, it's... But do you think he, he thinks, like, wow, like, 
the, this my like my presidency my being elected has ushered in this this monster <laughs> okay so i this is a really tough question to ask and like i don't expect you to just give me like a straight like okay answer obama presidency net gain or net loss because there there is a lot of criticism that um a, a symptom of that presidency was some of the division I personally think we grew as a nation when Obama was president. Like I think it is I agree. It was a symbol. It was he had he had material accomplishment, like material progress, I guess I could say. Like you can point to things that he moved the country forward on. But um yeah, but the symbolism of, of him being the president I think was a huge thing. And but it, it did lead to lead to division. Um, it led to polarization, major polarization. And a lot of it was like racial polarization, not just political. No, I agree. I agree, and that's that's really the that's really the sad thing. I mean, because I think I mean the historic moment of that to me, like that that is so big that it it has to be a net gain. Yeah, and. Yes, people are going to argue about his legacy and like the various things he did, good and bad. Uh, you know, health healthcare on one end, drone strikes on another. Yes, like. But um, but at the end of the day, I think it's a net gain for sure. Well, all right, Eddie. This has been a fantastic episode. It has. I hope we can have more like this. I'm looking forward to it. We are in the apartment. We are recording the podcast, and I'm looking forward to a great couple of episodes. So until next time, I'm Eddie Mikeson. And I'm Lucas Anderson. Go walk yourself. Go walk yourself. <laughs>